Okay. So you see, you were talking about why why the Abishta really wanted you in the army. So yeah. that's what we're that's what we have to find out today. Panemius Aratzin and Chitzenius Aratzin. What's the what, which we have talked about? Okay. So we, we're in in Ois Yud. In Ches Tes Zion Ches Tes. So of course, the Rebbe has taught us about the uh, the slippery slope. That one might find oneself on if there if there's any interest in anything other than Atmos, which is a rather daunting idea, but uh, okay, it's the way it is. Um, I remember what that that daughter that I just mentioned to you is now in Shlichus Australia. So she, when she was in Sem, she's. So it was 11 years, she's 20, she's 29. So 10, 11, 12 years ago, she was in Sem here in Eretz Israel, and she came home. There was a teacher who teaches this mimer, Rabbi Reitzis, who's a shaliach. It's one of the shluchim of the Rebbe sent in Lamed Vav, Lamed Zayin, Lamed Tes. The shluchim who were sent by the Rebbe to, from America and Europe to Eretz Israel. And uh, he's a... Got a Chabaros in a place called Yeseida Male, which is just in between Svas and Kirat Shmona. Very, very Chassidish guy, very special guy. Really, really good guy. So he teaches, uh, he teaches Chassidus in the Sem in Svas, and he teaches this mimer. He do a semester of this mimer, and then he then another group. There's a hundred Americans and 120 Israelis in the Sem. So uh, <coughs> she was learning this mimer. She was obviously in the Israeli program. She was learning this mimer with him. She came home one day and she said, uh, she obviously hit this part of the mimer. She said, uh, can I ask you a question? You know, she's like hemming and hawing. So we just ask, what's the problem? Well, we're learning a mimer. I said, yeah, okay, what are you learning? Biyamashteya, so I said, okay, yeah, all right. What's the problem? She said, well, I mean, you know, tell me the question, what's the problem? She says, well, it seems that the Rebbe says that if if you're not basically just into nothing but elokus, you're an avid of Adizara. <laughs> so I said, yeah, that's basically what the Rebbe says. That's basically what he's saying. I said, yeah, yeah. And it changed her life. This mimer changed her life. She said, this is the mimer that made her figure out what it means to be a chassid. What the Rebbe really wants, right? But, uh, so that's that. So that's what we learned in Ches and Tes, right? And in Yud, the Rebbe continued explaining the union of Ananosiv Malka, right? The connection of the of the notion of Ananosiv Malka, which of course is the statement of the Pikach in the in the in the Medrash, and he says, "I'll take the king." Right, those of you learning Kedushin have run into this word recently, Nasiv, Nasivna, right, is, uh, means to marry, but it also it means to take, literally. I want the king, I want to take the king. Demili Bishamayim, the levels, that the Ana Nasiv Malka is the level of Mili Bishamayim, who is to me in Shemayim, that a person wants only Orensa, if he wants Atzmus and nothing else. And now the Rebbe, in, in Yud, the Rebbe has, 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 Deepened our understanding of that of, of that idea by saying, and it's really a function of a means or an end. Any level of reality other than Atmos is only a means. What does that mean? That in terms of the reason that level of reality exists, it's only a means to get to a to a higher end, right? Coming down from Atmos into this world. Right, all of those levels of godly light that exist between Atzmus and Elam Haza, right, and we learn about them in Chassidus. So we learn again. We, we talked about this on, on Tuesday that we learned. We learned about the, the four worlds, the Arba Elamis in 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 Basilagani. We learned about Atik and Arich in in Leisimishakela, and there's levels beyond. All of those different levels of reality ultimately are simply an intermediary, a means to get to this world, because this is what a Baruch wants. And we talked about that at length on Tuesday, based on the Rebbe's first mind. The Rebbe wants this world. That's that's Pnimiya which we'll see in a minute. Right? That's the inner desire of a Kaddish Baruch. We'll go through that exercise of Panim Yisaratzen and Chitzen Yisaratzen again, which we did a couple of months ago, or maybe a month ago. Right? The inner desire as opposed to the external desire. 
Right? What does the Abishta really want? This world. Up there in Atmos. Right? All there is is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. All there is is there's no godly light. There's not. There's just the Kaddish Baruch Hu himself. Where did he come from? We don't know. Why is he there? We don't know. What's his purpose? We don't know. There isn't one. He just is. Okay? Absolute being. In that state of absolute being, for some strange reason... And this itself is hard to understand because as soon as you start talking about a desire in that place, so a desire is already a revealed state of reality. It's not me. It's what I'm somehow projecting, so to speak, coming out of me. So how can that exist in Atzimus? Okay, this deals with that also. right? But, but that aside, up there in Atzimus, the Kodesh Baruch has a taiva. What's his taiva? You and me putting on filling down here in Elamaz. That's his taiva up there in Atzimus. That's what he wants. Right. Why? Don't know. Don't go there. Why? Because you can't go there. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go there. Nothing's wrong with going there. You just spin your wheels. You'll never figure it out. Okay. He wants a dear betachter. Everything that happens in between that desire, which somehow pops into his so-called head for whatever reason, right? There's this desire. Hmm. Dear That would be nice. And then all sorts of things happen. An explosion of unbelievable infinite light. Simsimarishan, that light is sucked back into its source. The kav comes out as baikeya into the Rishima, and all of a sudden all sorts of things start happening. Why? For this. And for this. And for this, and for everything, everything you and I experience. Why? Because that's the place where Atmos is revealed, which we talked about on Tuesday. Okay. Anything else? It's just a means to that end. The highest levels of godly reality, all of them, they only exist in order to get down here. Now, as we talked about, he didn't have to do any of those levels, don't have to exist. They, they, they do because he wants them to. No state of reality must be. Every state of reality exists by virtue of the fact that a Kaddish Baruch wants it to exist. There's nothing that exists absolutely and existentially. Right? Kaddish Baruch wants it to exist, so it is. All those levels of godliness are an expression of God's will. Even though in Chassidus, why, why am I saying that? Because in Chassidus you'll learn all sorts of things as you continue in your journey through learning Chassidus and, and more and more sophisticated Maimarim, you'll come across explanations as to why certain levels of reality are necessary and what their purpose is in terms of bringing light down, etc., etc. That's all true. But that's only because the Kodesh Baruch wanted it to be that way. And if he didn't want it to be that way, as we've said countless times, because as soon as you start talking about anything serious, serious then you have to realize this, that if the Abishta wanted it to be another way, it would have been another way. What the things mean? Right? He made a perfect world. This world is absolutely perfect. It's perfectly imperfect. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. Bidiyuk. In terms of being the place where Kaddish Baruch gets what he wants. Which is that you and I make for him a dear betach This is exactly what it should be. Right? Perfect. Right? Perfectly imperfect. So that you and I can make it perfect. And you and I are perfectly imperfect. In order for you and I to, to have, to, for, for what we do to be real, as opposed to just being basically an expression of some reality that's, that it's impossible for any other reality to exist. And so it's basically like breathing, which is, you know, nice to do, but it's, you know, it's not so impressive. I mean, if you're jogging, it's impressive. You have to learn how to do it. But if you're just walking around, so breathing isn't something to work on too much. It just happens, okay. So if that if that were our Veda, so then it wouldn't be so interesting. And the Abishtha has that. That's not what he wants, right? Because he has realities where that's what happens. Called Elamabri and Elamayatsira. They're called angels. That's what they do. They just hang out and serve God because that's who they are. Is it called a Veda? No. Right? Not what you and I call a Veda. Are they serving God? Using the word in English? Yes, absolutely, 100%. That's all they do. That's all they think about. They're, they're, in, they're amazing. But they're not so amazing because if, if, if they don't have the option to do anything else. When you do a mitzvah, that's really amazing. When they sing a song, Kadosh, 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 or Baruch Kveda Vayamim Kemes, I mean, that's, that's just what they do. So it's not... Uh, 
It's not overly exciting. It's, it's for us, it's very, it's quite amazing. We'd sort of like to go there and see what that looks like, okay? But all of that is just a means to an end. And what's the end? The Abishta wants this world and you and I to be muddling around in this world, doing what we do in order to bring about a revelation of Atmos. That's what he wants. And everything else is just a means to that end. So if I get into those means, then I'm missing the point. And it's basically the same as worshipping the sun, so I'll get more sun on my field. It, obviously, it, again, as we've said many times, there's a huge dis- distance between those two things, but they're on the same plane. They're in the same place. It's just a matter of degree. Okay. And so to, to, to be someone who, who transcends all that takes pixels, takes cleverness. So let's start from the second line on page Kufches. So that's what we got to. We got a little further than that, but we'll... Based on this, we can say, There are those... No, no, this is where we got to. That if you think of anything that isn't the ikert as the ikker, so then you're giving a pretext for what can end up being a vedazara. And in simple terms, it's avodazara. What does avodazara literally mean? Work as. Not work in this context. I mean, avodah can mean work, but not in this context. I mean, service, right? What's zara? Foreign. Foreign. Right. Strange or foreign. Bidiuk. Foreign service. Right. Bidiuk. It's not what God wants. Doesn't mean you're bowing down to an idol. Right? Serving God for yourself is avodah zara. It's strange worship. Foreign worship. Okay? Now, not the Avedah Zara that the Rambam's talking about in Hilfus Avedah Now, it's just the Rambam doesn't call it Hilfus Avedah Zara. He calls it Hil- and you notice the Rebbe hasn't mentioned the word Avodah Zara once. How is he referred to it? Avodat Kochavim, worshipping intermediaries. Because right? Avodah Zara literally, but that's in, in, when we say Avodah Zara, we mean idol worship, right? Obviously. But the words mean foreign worship, something that's not worshipping God. Okay, so that could be, there's quite a scale of that. Kochavim means intermediaries? Well, literally means stars. Yeah. Okay. Baal Pizeh Yesh Based on this, we can explain. That there are amongst the nations of the world, Mehen, people, Eivdim Lechama. They're those that worship the sun. Mehen Lelevana. They're those that worship the moon. And that's what was mentioned in the, in the, in the Medrash. The Yisrael, and in the Medrash, what does it say? Yisrael ain't Eivdim Ela Lekadosh Baruch the Jews only worship a Kaddish Baruch Halavai, but that is something that we've been pretty famous for over the years. Who? And now the Rebbe says something very, very interesting. The source of the nations of the world is from the external expression of God's will. And what does external mean? We've talked about this, we'll go through it again. That he wants one thing, bishvil for inyan acher another thing. That's called chitzenius aratzim. We've talked about that, and we'll go through that exercise that we did once. Well, maybe I'll ask you guys to go through it, then I'll know you know it. Vabachino, and this notion of chitzenius aratzim, external will, kamei shuhu makar as it is the source of the nations of the world. He, we'll read this, then we'll talk about it. He ba'ifen is in a way she'ein nirgash ba that it's not felt in it. They're not sensitive to the fact she'harotzen that their will is bishvil inyan acher for something else. Ella she'zegufahotachlis, meaning since their source is chitzenius arotzen, external will. Again, we'll talk about that. So then they'll relate to those aspects of reality which are also an expression of external will as absolute. They'll, in other words, slightly different terms, they'll turn the means into the end. 
right? We were talking yesterday about uh, Tuesday about someone who you know is just hoards money or hoards physical objects. It's just into collecting physical objects. Okay, what are physical objects good for? Well, they're a means to an end. They're not an end. So, you know, have a bunch of money in the bank. Why to have money in the bank? No, you have money in the bank to have money in the bank. You need money to do things with the money. Now, it's nice to have money in the bank so that then you're much less limited in what you can do with the money, but the money itself is not of any use. Right? And some people understand that and some people don't. There's a very, very interesting religious Jew from Sydney. forget his name. He founded Skype. Right? He founded Skype. And then he sold it. And he sold it for about $200 million, $250 million. And then the people who bought it from him sold it for a couple of billion dollars. So he was interviewed. You know Danny Cohen who comes to learn here, the redhead Australia comes in the mornings. He's usually here Thursdays, Dafka. So Coney, he's Coney's from Sydney, yeah? So Coney used to work for this guy. He might still, I'm not sure. Coney, I remember, was very close to him. He went, years ago, the first, we just had a dinner this winter, <coughs> the first dinner, <coughs> that Mayano did in, in New York, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, I don't remember when it was, whenever it was. So he came, this guy came, and we forbringed on the, I don't know, 59th floor or something of some building in New York with quite a, in this room with windows, it was quite a view up there. <coughs> you saw the 59th floor of the building next to you. So, um, <laughs> That was the view. Well, that's what the view is in Manhattan. You just not like you don't, you don't see over anything. You just see. So so uh, he came. And he actually had a lot, a lot to say at the Fabregas. Interesting guy. I, I was talking to him during the, just really interesting guy. <coughs> so he was interviewed on. The, he, he told me that he was once interviewed on on, radio, on television in Australia. And they asked him, they said, well, that, this must be really annoying that, you know, you sold your thing for, you know, $250 million and now they just sold it for, you know, a billion or a billion and a half, or whatever. And whoever bought Skype, I assume it's either Google or... Microsoft. What? Microsoft. Microsoft. Okay, one of those things bought, bought it, right? Okay. So, so he sold it to someone else who sold it to them. So he, he said, I, 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 I don't understand. I have $250 million. What's that? What's the difference between $250 million and $2 billion? I can't spend $250 million. Like, what difference does it make to me if I have $2 billion or $250 million? I, I don't have to worry about anything financially ever again, and I won't be able to spend this. Right? I mean, unless he's an idiot and all the, you know, he buys $2 million cars, like, you know, basketball players. But I mean, a normal, healthy, human being, you're not going to go through $250 million. I mean, how are you going to do that? Right? The richest person I know, I don't know whether he's the richest, I mean, he probably is. I guess he's the richest. I mean, he certainly was. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's a fabulously wealthy guy. So his whole, I once asked him, how much is your whole family a year to run your show a year? He had a private plane. Right? To run your show a jet. That you, I once flew with him from Brazil to New York on his jet. Like a, the real, you know, <laughs> he told me, when are you going back to New York? I said, well, tomorrow night. Do you want to come tonight? I said, what do you mean? Well, I'm flying. Okay. So either, let me call. I had to call the airline and figure out if I could cancel my flight because I had to get from New York to here, right? So, But anyway, I went on his plane. It was quite an experience, I must say. I said, when are we leaving? He said, well, when do you want to leave? I said, oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the way it works, huh? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Well, okay. Well, do some laundry and then we'll leave. I said, okay. So we did some laundry and then I, we met and went on. You know, you don't go through regular check-in. You just go through the side and they put you through security, your own security, and you get in a car and it drives you to your plane and you go to your plane and and you're sitting in this first class seat. There's 16 of them. It's unbelievably comfortable. And then the the lady who's taking care of everything comes and says, can you just get up for a moment, please, sir? I said, well, well, so I want to make your bed. I said, well, I'm really comfortable. No, no, but sir, so she, your seat turns into a bed, like a bed, 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 and she brings out pillows and blankets, and you, and you, you, go, you go to sleep on a bed. I, I, he yelled at me. Why did he yell at me? Why didn't I bring my pajamas on board? 
I said, why in the world would I bring my pajamas on board? I don't go on airplanes where I have to get into my pajamas after I take off. I don't do that. He said, you idiot, you know, which people like to say these things to people. Where are your pajamas? They're in my suitcase. Oh. $250 million? It's going to take you 125 years to go through that. Right? He wasn't skimping. He wasn't buying in Walmart instead of some other store to you know, keep it down below $2 million. Spending anything they want on anything they wanted, right? Okay. So he said, well, why do I need more than... What, what can I possibly do with more... No, but what was the question based on? Well, you should have more. Why? Well, you, you should just have more. Why? Well, because you're supposed to have more. You should, if you have two billion, that's better than having 200 million. Why? What can I do with two billion that I can't do with 250 million? Now, in all fairness, he could give a lot more stock, but he gives a lot of stock. Right? So there's, there's no question he could do that. But in terms of him, because it's not an end, it's a means to an end. So he said, in order for, to get what this stuff gives me, I have what I need. It's a means, I don't need more, just so I can say that when you write the list in the Sydney News Herald or whatever, there must be some newspaper like that, right? So, so that I'll be on the list near the billionaires and not the hundred millionaires. Like, who cares? What difference does it make? Okay, but if a person makes the end, the means the end, so that's the problem. That's Kitsaini Yisarotza. We don't want money because we want money. We want money because we can do things with it that we really want. Oh, okay. But what can happen? So since the source of the Yomisayilam is Chitzoyni Yisaratzin, we'll talk about what that means. So therefore, they're not necessarily sensitive to Pnimi Yisaratzin. And they'll relate to the external will as the end and not the means. Because that's their source. That's where they come from. Volochein, therefore, mistayef mizeh, it branches off from this. Mistayef means like branch off, comes out of. So they'll think the intermediaries of kechavim amazolis leiker. We'll see footnote 75 in a minute, but let's first read what the Rebbe says about Yisrael, and then we'll try to understand this. V'shurj di Yisrael, and the source of Yisrael, whom pnimius arotzen. Shumitzad pnimius arotzen. What's pnimius arotzen? What I really want. Again, we've talked about that. Ain the sinus mokum leizin yinakers. So then there's no, there's no pretext, there's no importance to anything else. I don't lose sight of, the, of, of what I really want. And therefore, Yeshli Yisrael Akara, they have the recognition, that these intermediaries, they're only that, an intermediary, they're not the end, they're the means to an end. Like the axe in the hand of the woodchop. So too, the physical bounty. It's only to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's not, an, it's not an end unto itself. To have more money? What for? To be able to do more things with the money you have, absolutely. So then the more money would be fine because I can give more stock, I can do more things, build more mazes, whatever it happens to be. Okay. Therefore, they only serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Well, okay, so what did the Rebbe just say? The Rebbe just explained the, 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 the source of the mistake that the non-Jew will make that the Jew could avoid. Does that mean the Jew by definition avoids that mistake? No, he might make the mistake. But can he avoid the mistake? Yes, no question. Why? What's so? You tell me. Who can explain to us? He wants to bring a marshal to explain that because we've talked about it. Across the world to support his business. Uh huh. So he picks up the phone. Why? Because he wants to. Right? 
He doesn't really want to. I mean, he does want to. But what does he really want when he picks up the phone in his house? Who's he calling? He's calling a cab. Right? Okay. So does he want to pick up the phone? Well, yes. I can't say he doesn't want to pick up the phone. He picked up the phone. He doesn't really want to pick up the phone. He wants to get the cab. Okay. Does he want to get the cab? Well, yes, but not really. He wants to get to the airport. Right? Does he want to get to the airport? Well, yes, but not really. What does he really want? He wants to get on the plane. Right? Can't get on the plane in your house. Unless you're my friend. But his plane wasn't in his house. It was at the airport. Right? <clears throat> the international airport, sometimes it was at the domestic airport because he had to fly to his factory up in northern Brazil. Okay, but if he had to fly out of the country, so it was in the international airport. Fine. Right? Okay. We actually landed in a famous airport. I think it's called Teterboro. Teterboro. Why is Teterboro famous? Why does everybody know about Teterboro now? The only reason I knew about it, when that plane took off from LaGuardia and something happened and he tried to, he tried, where was he trying to get to when he landed the plane in the Hudson River and saved 200 people's lives? That, what do you think it was USA or something, right? He landed the plane in the Hudson River. Remember that happened about yeah, 10, yeah. 15 years ago? Yeah. So he landed the plane in the Hudson River and managed, and then they got everybody, they saved everybody on the plane. It was unbelievable, right? He landed a, a jet, you know, a, a regular passenger jet in the Hudson River. And, and they got everybody off the plane. They, you know, the, they tell you, you know, the, the chute will also be a life raft. Well, that, that actually happened, yes. And they were all standing on the wing. And boats came and took them all to shore. They lost their luggage, but Baruch Hashem, they saved the plane. He saved everybody's life, this pilot. Where was he trying to get to? Teterboro. When, his, when, the plane, when he realized this plane is not flying, I, I, I'm going down and I'm not going anywhere else. He was trying to get across the river to Teterboro, but he missed it. Right, he didn't miss. I mean, he realized he wasn't going to make it, and so he landed in the Hudson River and saved a couple hundred people's lives and was a big hero. And it was, a, it was an amazing story. It was like, uh, unbelievable. Ever heard of such a thing? But he might have ten years ago, something like that. So they, 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 you know, water landings, which obviously they tell you about when you're getting on the plane and you, you know, don't really listen because that's absurd. Well, okay, <laughs> it happened once. Right? I mean, successfully. Okay. So you want to get to the airport, but you don't want to get to the airport. You want to get on the plane. But you don't want to get on the plane. You want to get to New York. But you don't really want to get to New York. You want to be in the business meeting. Well, you don't really, really want to be in the business meeting. You just want to make the million dollars that you're going to make from the business meeting. You don't really want the million dollars. You want those things that the million dollars allows you to do, which is give stucker. And why do you want to give stucker? Because, because the stucker is great and it brings the gaula. That which the, the, that there's the Gemara and Baba Basra that the Rebbe says we should think about when we give stucker. Gedeilat stucker, greatest stucker, maybe it's a gula that it brings the brings the redemption, brings Mashiach. Okay, so so why did he pick up the phone in his house? Because he wants to bring Mashiach. I there were all sorts of expressions of chitzenius arutzen all the way through, but what was the panemius arutzen of all of that? He wants Mashiach. That's why he picked up the phone. Well, he picked up the Hitsonius Arutzen, the external expression of that will, was he wanted a cab. Why does he want a cab? Because he wants to bring Mashiach. What in the world does a cab got to do with Mashiach? Well, because the cab's going to take him to the airport, he's going to get him on the plane, he's going to get him to New York, he's going to get him to business meeting where he's going to make a million dollars, and he can get stuck, and that'll bring Mashiach. So that's Hitsonius Arutzen and Panemius Arutzen. What does that mean? I don't want those things that are Hitsonius Arutzen? Of course I do. It's just that's not the ultimate goal. So what, the Abishur doesn't like the nations of the world? No, that's not true. Right? He created them. Okay, but what? They're not, they're not Panemius Arutzen. What's Panemius Arutzen? Breshis Bara Elohim, as a Shemaim So it's the first Rashi that explains that person. After Rashi explains why Breshis is there, Bechlal, the famous Medrash Amar Rav Yitzchok. Okay, then after Rashi explains that, so then what, Rashi explains what Bereshis means. So what does Bereshis mean? Base Rashis, two Rashises, two firsts, two things that are the source of the Pneumius Arutzen of the creation of the world. And what are those things? Yisrael Varaisa, Torah and the Jewish people. That's Bereshis Rabbah. Rashi quotes that Medrash. There's another Medrash. Which is important to mention if we're already mentioning the first Medrash in Bereshis Rabbah, the Medrash in Tanah de Be'eliyahu, 
Rashi doesn't quote that medrash because that medrash continues. And asks which of those two was first. Say there were two things that were first. That ultimately they're the panemius of Rutzen of the creation of the world. What's the Ebishter want? Terror and Yisrael. Okay, Seder. So which of those is first? So the Medrash in Tanir Be'eliyahu says Yisrael. How do you know? Because in the Torah it says Dabr al-Bnei Yisrael. The Torah is written to the Jewish people. What does that mean? So we've talked about that, but it's so important to know. What's the difference? What difference does it make if Torah is first or Yisrael is first? Huge difference. If Torah is first, and this is how many religious people might look at the world, and not so much at the world, but at other Jews, right? But, but it's wrong. Why? Well, because the Medrash says so. The Medrash says that Yisrael is first. But if you were you to think Torah is first, okay, so what does that mean? What does the Ebishter really want? Torah. And what's Yisrael? Yisrael are the vehicles for the expression of the true inner desire of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is Torah. Okay, so then a Jew doesn't keep Torah. What is he? Useless. He's a brachal of a Torah. Why? Because what is a Jew created for? Keep Torah. What's the Ebishter want? Torah. He wants Torah. He wants Torah, mitzvahs. That's what he wants. Ah, he created this creature called the Jew who's all about keeping that Torah. And if he doesn't keep that Torah, so then it's just a waste of time. But that's not true. That's not what the Medrash says. The Medrash says, what does the Kaddish Baruch Hu want? Yisrael. What's the Torah? The Torah is that which Yisrael uses to express who they really are and to express their connection to a Kaddish Baruch Hu and to ultimately bring about a revelation of Atzimus and Elamazah. That's what the Torah is. But what does the Ebishter really want? Yisrael. Oh, so what about a Jew who doesn't keep the Torah? Still Yisrael. Still the apple of the Ebishter's eye. Aye, it's a complete, it's, it's a, a, a completely missed opportunity. Right? The person is, is, is missing the opportunity they have to express who they really are in Elam Hazza and what they're really all about. That's true. But that doesn't mean that isn't who they are. That is who they are. Right? It's a completely different way of looking at the Jew. If Torah is first, then the Jew doesn't keep Torah. It's just a waste of time. She have nothing to do with it. Right? If the Israel's first, then it's all the same. Ah, this Jew, for whatever reason, is lacking the, uh, the, 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 at this point in his life, the ability or the whatever it happens to do to fulfill what he's supposed to be doing in Elamaz. Okay, it might not be his fault. You never know. Who knows? Fine. Jews that had Yiddishkeit stolen from them. Right? No one taught them. Right? Taught them other things. Not only did they not teach them Yiddishkeit, taught them all sorts of other stuff and told them all sorts of other stuff is what's really important. So what's the Jew supposed to do? Right? So that's the Jew that, that Lubavitch is all about trying to find and, and, and let that Jew come back to who they really are. Right? Remember once at our Purim's table, so um, there used to be some Hasidically challenged Bachrim that would come every year to our to our Purim Suda just because they lived right next door and they used to like to see what was going on in Lubavitch, where one of the most most um, um, enjoyable spectator sports in the Jewish world. You know, you guys know, right? People show up in the Zal all the time, especially Thursday nights, right? Like, what's what's going on in Lubavitch? What are they doing? <laughs> right, so. Uh, so they used to come. They were, they were, they lived down the, down the block. They were nice kids. They, used to, we all, we knew them. She so used to come, and one of them, one of them, uh, started talking. You know, and everybody loves Lubavitch when they're drunk. So, uh, so they're talking about how great Lubavitch is and how wonderful, and we all love Lubavitch. These are kids who used to beat, beat up my kids on the street because they were Lubavitch. The same kids would come and talk about how great Lubavitch is. So, uh, this is you know twenty years ago when things were a little. Potter, who was a Rosh Yeshiva and a big yeshiva in Bnei Brak, who was uh, sort of inciting the masses against anybody who wasn't him, especially Lubavitch. So, um, so they would come and talk about how much they love Lubavitch. Blah, 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 blah. Fine. So, uh, so once one of them said, uh, "You and I were talking about this." I think, yeah. Once one of them said, "You know, Lubavitch and us were all the same. It's just what the difference is. You go out to try to find the people." and bring them in. And we sit in our base medrash and learn, and our learning brings them in, and, 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 and we, you know. So my wife, I used to, I wouldn't talk to him. I mean, I used to talk to him all the time, but in terms of arguments, I would never argue with him. I would always let my wife argue with him. <laughs> because, anyway, for all sorts of reasons, we won't go into them. <laughs> my wife would, would talk to him. 
So, um, so my wife said to him, oh, let me ask you a question. And it's based on the metrics we just mentioned. Let me ask you a question. If your brother is a drug addict, drug addict in Tel Aviv, do you wait for him to come to you, or do you go get him? So we know the answer. Of course you go get him. All right? So I've said, the Rebbe has taught us that all of the Jews are our brothers and sisters. We go find them. We don't wait for them to come to us. So he was blown away by this, and he, to his great credit, he came up to me. When, the next time I saw him, whether it was the next day or a week later, I don't remember, he saw me in my car, and he knocked on me, and said, I just want you to know what your wife said is absolutely true. Right? Which was really interesting that he, you know, he was willing to say that, because a lot of people just, you know, no, no, my view of the world is the only way there is, and I, I, I will figure out how every, everybody else is wrong. Right? So, so he, 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 he heard it. Right, but that's based on that medrash. Okay, so what's that? That's what's Panimius Aratza. Why did the Abish create the world? Bishvil Yisrael, for us. Ah, oh, that bothers some people. They get very annoyed at that. They think we're all a bunch of racists, right? Look at the history of the world. The Jews are definitely the one that mis the ones that mistreat other people. We are definitely that group of people. No doubt we have mistreated the non-Jews throughout history. We are terrible to them. Unbelievable. We really have to do tshuva. Boy, have we mistreated them. Wow. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely the history of the world. So I don't think we have to apologize for anything. It happens to be that that's what Chazal say, so it's true, right? I, some people feel uncomfortable with that. Aren't we all the same? No, we're not all the same. And to say that people are all the same is really ridiculous. There's all sorts of people who, for whatever reason, God graced with tremendous intelligence and they can accomplish intellectual things that other people can't accomplish. Are they better than anybody else? No. Are they different? Absolutely. No question. There's other people who are given other tremendous abilities that other people don't have. By God. Right? Okay. So are they better? No. Are they different? Of course they're different. What are you going to say? They're not different. Right? People who are very powerful physically or people who are, who are very, very strong emotionally. All sorts of people have different... And, and a lot of it... There are people... It's funny because the two things that the world seems to find so important are, are looks and brains, which are two things that people aren't responsible for. Right? Like how you look. Well, either you're you know, attractive or you're not. I mean, it goes both ways. sort of... You know, if your nose is a little too big, so then you're not as attractive as the person whose nose is... I guess you can go get a nose job, but, but you know, basically the way you look is sort of the way you look, right? There's some people who are more attractive and some people who are less attractive, based on society's understanding of what's attractive. But, you know, you, that's true. Brains. Either you're blessed with a, you know, a little more or a little less, right? I mean, and, and, and what? You're better because you're smarter? No. Anybody who thinks that is dafka worse because they're obnoxious. Right. Okay. So, I mean, that's just the way the world works. Okay, so there happens to be this people who have been blessed with something that no one else has. It's called the Nefesh Elokis. It's called a godly soul. Oh, my goodness gracious. Right, what racists. They're not racists. That's just the way it is. Right, okay, Beseder. So now what? So you'd think if someone's blessed with brains, they should probably use them for the common good. Okay, hopefully they do. Most people don't. Most people probably use them for their own good, just to make a lot of money and get rich and famous, which is irrelevant, right? But hopefully, I mean, you would hope that people would use that gift for something positive. Okay, so we have a gift. What's that gift? It's called the Nefesh Elokis. We have this incredible gift from HaKadosh Baruch. It's called the Nefesh Elokis. Why did we deserve that? Well, that's what this mime is about. I don't know. The Avisha chose us and we chose him. Now we're going to figure out why we chose him. Why do we choose him? Well, because there's something about us that allows us to choose him, which is the way we can explain in the next paragraph, because we're from, we're, we come from a place where choosing the ultimate end is who we are. And we won't get stuck in the means because we come from a place that's the ultimate end, which is Panemius Aratzev, what the Avisha really wants. What does the really want? He wants Yidin to do Torah and mitzvahs and Elam Haza and bring about a dear B'tachtenim. Now, everybody serves God. Absolutely. Right? But that's an expression of what's called Chitzeni Yisaratza. Now, does that mean the Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't want it? No. Why would, why would I say such a thing? Right? Uh, you don't want to be in the meeting and make the million dollars? Of course you want to be in the meeting and make a million dollars. 
That's really what you want. But, but there's something even deeper than that. What do you want to do with the million dollars? That's Panimi Sarotsa. Okay. But you don't want to be in the meeting? What? You, you spent a tremendous amount of energy preparing for this meeting. And you know what to say. And you have graphs. And, and uh, I don't know. You've got a computer. And you're pressing things on the computer that are showing up on a screen. And you're trying to impress them. You're, a tremendous amount of your energy went into this presentation at this meeting. Okay, so you didn't want that? Of course you wanted that. That's, re that's very powerfully connected to who you are. But there's something even a little deeper. Why did you do all that? Well, because I want the million dollars. But you don't really even want the million dollars. That also, oh, that's pretty serious side. No, no, because when you get the million dollars, boy, are you going to be happy. But why? Well, because the things you can do with the million dollars to help bring Mashiach. Oh, okay. That's Panimi Zeratzai. But the other levels of Ratzai aren't Ratzai? Very powerful levels of Ratzai. Just not mamish the end. There are means to the end. Where does everything come from except the Yid and the Torah? From that place. Why? So that there'll be a world in which the Yid and the Torah can exist where it's possible that other reality exists. Where there'll be a Veda. Everything we've been talking about throughout the whole Mimer. There'll be a reality called a Veda. How do I know there's an Aveda? Well, there's a world out there. Why is the world there? Because the Abraham wants the world? Well... He wants the world because he wants something to happen in the world. And what does he want? It's called the Veda Sashem. And that Veda will bring about the Erbetachtainim. That's what he really wants. That's Panemius Aratzen. You say he doesn't want a world? How can you say he doesn't want a world? He doesn't want cedar trees? How can you say Kaddish Baruch doesn't want cedar trees? There's beautiful forests full of cedar trees. Right? Gorgeous, amazing, incredible. And it's really good wood to make a fire. Wow, best fire you ever have or make out of cedar. You're in a forest and there's trees in there? Find the cedar tree. Right? Find that one. It'll burn like now. You'll have to keep putting wood on the fire because it burns so fast. But oh, what a cedar burn well! Wow. Right. Okay. So well, that's that's why the Abish created cedar trees. I don't know. It could be. Right. I'm not sure. Right. All sorts of reasons to create cedar trees. Some of it just so you and I should be blown away by his creative genius. Okay. And also, you know, yeah, it's good to burn. But you better have a lot of cedar around because it's going to burn very fast, a lot faster than a fir tree. It's going to catch fire a lot faster, but it's going to burn much faster also, so you'll need a lot more. You have to keep throwing wood on the light. You want the fire to keep burning all night long while you're asleep? You better put something in there, harder wood, because cedar burns too fast. It'll be out by the time you wake up in the morning. Right? Okay. Why? God created it that way. Why? That's what he wants. That's not what he wants. Of course that's what he wants. God doesn't want the seven billion people who are walking around the world and they're called non-Jews, because he wants them. Incredibly powerful expression of his desire for, for people. And those people all have a, a, a very important role to play in reality. It's called Shev Mrs. B'nai Noyach, and they can help bring Mashiach. And the Rambam says Shev Mrs. B'nai Noyach are part of Matan Torah. That Torah was given to the Jewish people and the non-Jewish world. Matan Torah has 613 mitzvahs for the Jews and seven mitzvahs for the non-Jews. Now those seven mitzvahs for the non-Jews ultimately are probably something around 100 mitzvahs. So one of the mitzvahs is to, to have a legal system. Okay, so that itself will include all sorts of mitzvahs about, you know, how to set up a system so that uh, there's a certain uh, justice in the world. Okay, fine. Don't steal. Don't murder. Right? No adultery. No idol worship. Belief in God. Okay. Real mitzvahs. Okay. So, so that, the, the, but, but, but what? Ultimately, what's the Ebishter one? Who's the most obvious focus of that reality. They're called Jews. Some Jews are very annoyed by this. Right? They, 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 they just find it you know, hard to relate to. It's funny because most of the Jews who find it hard to relate to and I understand why, right? But most of the Jews who find it hard to relate to if they would think about it take the Jewishness out of their life. Forget it, they're not Jews, okay. They are one of the 1% most fortunate people in the world in terms of who has Gashmias in this world and in the lives they live relative to everybody else. Is that fair? I don't know. There are definitely people who live better lives than other people in this world, there's no question. Right? Right? I mean, most... Not all. Most people who live in America live a pretty good life relative to much of the rest of the world. Right? 
Now, that also goes for much of Europe. It used to be. I don't know what's happening now. But now, if you happen to live in L.A. or San Francisco, so you have to you know, deal with the fact that you've got Calcutta and Bangladesh in your front yard. But, I mean, okay, Bethesda, you'll somehow deal with that. Move to a red state. Whatever. Move to Texas. So they move to Texas if they don't like that. Texas is becoming a I don't know, whatever. I'm just saying, no, you know, you know, whatever. I'm just probably because all the people from California are moving to Texas. Could be. But but so California turning to red state. <laughs> like so, oh yeah, okay, could be. Right. Ronald Reagan's. Right. Okay. So there's Panimi Sarats and the Kitsani Sarats. And what's Panimi's? Panimi's Aratzen was the able to mamish wants the end, not the means. Kitsanius is a means. That doesn't mean it's negative and, and horrible. It's simply a means to an end. Why is there this whole huge world down here, including the people who live in the world, but all, everything in the world? Why is it here? So that there can be a dear betachtenim and, and everything that that includes. So somehow involved in that, in the, in the, the chitsoinius aratzen of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, he wants all the schmutz that the world has created for itself. He doesn't really want it. But okay, he wants the possibility of all that schmutz to exist so that when someone doesn't deal with the schmutz, Jew or non-Jew, when someone turns their back on the schmutz and connects to what's more real, so they're doing something of importance. So yeah, I mean, there has to be the possibility of all that schmutz. That's Elamaz. So the Ebishter wants the schmutz? No. That he really doesn't want, because he said he doesn't want it. But he did want, we know, he wanted to create a world where that schmutz is possible. That he definitely wants. He wants the possibility of the schmutz. He doesn't want the schmutz. How do you know? He said he doesn't want it. He wrote a book and said, this is what I want, this is what I don't want. So you can't pretend he wants it. Well, he created it, so he must want it. That's pretty dumb. He said, I don't want it. No, we won't believe him. I'll believe my own intellect, and I'll come up with some interesting intellectual machination to show that the five virtues, the fact that he created it, must be that he wanted it, even though he told me he didn't want it. Right? So he, I know better than him. He said, I don't want that stuff. Right? It's there, but you want to be with me? Stay here, don't go there. So... Okay. It's not like he wasn't clear about it. And, and relative to everybody in the world, not just relative to us. Right? Adultery is, is forbidden for every human being walking on the face of the earth. It is not only forbidden for Jewish people, it is forbidden for everybody. It's one of the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Nayach. Stealing is forbidden for everybody. Idol worship is forbidden for everybody. Belief in God is, oblig- obligated, uh, is obligatory for everybody. Well, okay. The Jews' relationship to that is going to be different than the non-Jews' relationship to that. That's true. Right? Mother Teresa will do it because she's going to be saved. She'll do it for salvation. The Jew can do it because the Kodesh Baruch Hu will be revealed. Why? Because the Jew comes from Panemius Arutzen and Mother Teresa comes from Chitzenius Arutzen. So Mother Teresa will only relate to the external means to the end, not the end. She'll be part of the end. So she'll do all of her great stuff because she wants salvation. Is she a bad lady? I wouldn't say so. I think she's a pretty impressive person. Okay. Is she the same as you? No. Why not? Because if you want, it's hard. Whoa. But if you want, we can live up to this mind. Why? Because we're sourced in Panemius Arutzen, and that's there, therefore we can actually connect to the Panemius Arutzen of Gadosh Baruch Hu, which is he wants to do with Tachtemi. The non-Jews' connection to that is going to be, there's some aspect of, of self in there, by definition. The Jew can transcend that. Does he? That's a separate question. Can he? Yes. That's what the Rebbe just explained. This is the end of the first Parakantanya. Right? It's the end of the first Parakantanya. The Rebbe is explaining why. Since the source of the Jew is Panemius Arutzen, the Jew has a connection to Panemius Arutzen. The source of the, of the non-Jew is Chitsonius Arutzen. It doesn't mean the Akabishah doesn't want that non-Jew. That's not true. And it doesn't mean that the non-Jew can't do amazing things. But there will be some self there, by definition. Now, most of us find self there when we do it also. 
Okay, it's possible for there not to be any self there. That's the yid. That's not possible for the non-Jew. Doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Are you a bad guy? I don't think so. All the people you know, they're all bad people? I don't think so. Well, everybody's doing it for themselves, aren't they? Everybody has some self-interest in all of this. Okay. Because I don't know anybody completely living up to what the Rebbe's talking about in his mind. I find this pretty challenging. Okay, we'll talk about how in the world we could do such a thing, but the Rebbe's not telling us because this is so obvious to us and so easy for us. So what, we're all bad, terrible people? Why would, who would say such a thing? That's nonsense. Right? Is there a level that we can reach that's beyond what we experience? Yes, absolutely. And that's why there's a Rebbe to teach us all about that and then connect us to that so we can, that can be part of who we are. Right? If it weren't for this mimer, could we serve God well? Yes. Could we serve God in the way he wants us to serve him? No, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. If we're bad? No. We just wouldn't know about it. Okay, so that's the Indian. That, so that, the Rebbe says, is why, the, in the Medrash, why is it that the Pekach can say, Ananasiv Malka, the source of the Pekach is Pnimius Arotzen, so he's, he can connect the Pnimius Arotzen. Doesn't mean he does, but he can. Everybody else, by definition, is going to connect to the means, not the end. Why? Because that's their source. Their source is Chitzonius Aratzen, so the Rebbe is actually going to explain, and we'll see it in footnote 75, we'll start with that on Sunday, how the, the Rebbe quotes the Rambam, how, how therefore there's going to be some sort of external focus, because their source is in an external place. Not bad. Right? Meaning it might be in the Moshe that we had, the whole rest of the world is that million dollars pretty close to the Panemius Aratzen, but it's not yet quite Panemius Aratzen. Right. Okay. Bad? Horrible? Terrible? Well, what's that? Right. Okay. Stop there. We'll pick up uh, well, Sunday morning. We'll, we'll go back. We had, there's a, there's, we'll I, I would love, I mean, we, we have only two classes between now and, and Purim. Um, if, uh, it's going to be hard to blast and finish. I was hoping to finish it all off today, but I didn't.